Last month, several of you voted for the best way to vote. Which voting system won? Well, stay tuned to find out, buddy. Who wants their voice heard? I'm Mr. Beat. Here in the United States, we mostly use plurality voting for elections, even though most Americans agree that it's absolutely not the best way to do elections. Wait, what's that? <laughs> I say we know voting is not the best way to do elections. Uh-huh. Oh, Lord. Hold on. Let me read your comments. Yeah. Okay, hang on. Knowing that your child had a mental issue and wanting to be a police officer are not even close. Give a better example of you hypothetical of your hypothetical. Okay, so um, all right. Let me understand. Uh, knowing that your child has a mental health issue and wanting to be a police officer are not even close. I'm just trying to establish a fundamental principle. All right, is it possible? for you not to support something or be a, is it possible for you to be against something, but not think it's wrong? Because if it's possible for you to be against something, but not think it's wrong, then my position of not being against my son, having relations with a, a Labrador cannot be based on me thinking it's wrong. It could just be me against the fact of like me more concerned about what it implies about my son. I was watching Mr. Beat stream with this conversation with a couple subject experts, but didn't get to see most of this video. All right, let's see if we can get it done. You don't remember what plurality voting is? Plurality voting is when a citizen only gets to vote for one candidate, and the candidate who gets the most votes, aka a plurality. I wonder, I wonder this is about ranked choice voting. wins the election, even if they don't get the majority of votes. If you want to learn more about why I think plurality voting sucks, check out this video here. I did it again. Why do I keep doing this? I keep promoting my own videos in my videos. What is happening to me? Anyway, organizations like the Center for Election Science, Fair Votes, and the Equal Vote Coalition have been promoting better ways to vote for years. While all three organizations have talked trash about plurality voting, all favor different solutions. The Center for Election Science tends to favor approval or score voting, Fair Votes tends to favor ranked choice voting, and the Equal Vote Coalition is all about star voting. Let's uh, briefly go over the differences between those four non-plurality voting methods. All right, here's one of the issues that I have with this, right? It's so hard when you present, you ever hear of uh, a problem where if you present people with too many options, it makes it hard for people to choose one. Sometimes it's better to give people two options instead of giving them four or five, because uh, I, I forgot what it's called, but it's more so like uh, you can have, it's more like information overload where uh, it makes it harder for people to make a decision when you give them too many um, options. It's not necessarily about rank choice, but it involves it. Got you. So right now I'm seeing four up here. And as far as I know, I'm only familiar with rank choice voting. So this is like three other ones that um, I'm not even familiar with, which I'm sure he is. And then afterward, I'll share with you the results of four different elections that several of you participated in. Eh? Yep, several of you used all four different voting systems to vote for your favorite voting systems. Talk about meta. Uh, the results might surprise you a bit. But before we get into it, sponsored content begins now. Hey, did you know that I like to vote? All right, I got to skip the co uh, sponsored content. Whether or not politicians lie. And see, it's already done. It took me like one minute. Click on my link in the description of the approval voting. In an approval voting system, voters mark which candidates they approve of. If they don't find a candidate acceptable, they leave the space next to the candidate's name blank. If they do find the candidate acceptable, they mark it. So say these are the five candidates on the ballot. You love Bobby and think Steve Bob and Tim Bob are also all right. However, you think Bobby Bobson Jr. is a sociopath and Bob only cares about his corporate donors. Therefore, you vote for Bobby, Steve Bob, and Tim Bob. And leave the spaces next to Bobby Bobson Jr. and Bob blank. So say 
these are the total results of a batch of ballots. All you do is total up the approvals for each candidate. Whichever candidate gets the most approvals wins the election. Congratulations. I don't really like that system. And the reason is because, like, the issue is in the question itself. Like, do you approve of this candidate? But, I mean, you can approve of a candidate and not think that they're, like, the best person for the, the for the presidency, right? What if I approve of, like, three candidates, but I really want one candidate to win? Um, I should be able to just vote for that candidate. Uh, I, 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 I don't know. I, I have to listen more about this to be more convinced. Steve, and Steve Bob. And, and, and when you do surveys, for example, depending on how you word a survey can vary on how, what kind of responses you get. For example, if you ask people like, are they in favor of universal health care? Then people will say, oh yeah, we're in favor of it. And then if you ask people, are you in favor of like getting rid of all individual health care, like um, private health care insurance? Most people are going to be against that. Um, and based on how you ask the question it determines what you're going to get from it. And you can utilize those scores to come to many different conclusions. You know, but approval voting is simple and easy to explain to newbies. It especially makes it difficult for newbies to mess up their ballots. It makes it easy to be honest. It also is highly compatible with what we've already got in place with existing election codes. You know, one thing about it when he says that it's, it's easier, simple, like, it, bruh, if if you have a hard time understanding the voting procedure, then you probably have a hard time understanding politics in general. You know, um. It doesn't let you put favor toward one, but we wouldn't be stuck with people disapproved of by 70% of the country. <laughs> okay, so that, that's a proper argument to make. You could, you could argue that it may not be a perfect system, but it's better than the one we have. You could, you could argue that. Uh, and of course, I'm going to point out the, the flaw that I might see in it. Um, but that doesn't necessarily say that it's worse than the one we have. Also be used for multi-winner elections if there was proportional representation. Just because you approve of multiple candidates doesn't mean you think the same way about all of them. Some of them you very reluctantly. Okay, so he's going through the positive and the negative, I guess. Approve, while others you may very passionately approve. Also, many voters may struggle with what they feel qualifies a candidate as someone they approve of. Not oh, wow, look at that. <laughs> I'm a pretty good guy, right? I'm pretty good at this. Only that's a poll worker can more easily fill in extra bubbles before scanning a ballot, and it would be hard to prove they did so. Next up, in case you're keeping score already, let's look at score voting. In a score voting system, sometimes called a range voting system, voters rate candidates on a numerical scale. Typically, a score is between 0 and 5 or 0 and 10. Voters can rate as many choices as they want. If you don't have an opinion about a candidate, you just don't give them a score. After ballots are all turned in, all the scores for every candidate are averaged. The candidate with the highest average score wins. So say there were only 10 ballots and Bobby Bobson Jr. has scores of 1, 1, 1, 1, 2, 4, 4, 4, 5, and 5. His average score would be 2.8, but Bobby has scores of 1, 2, 3, 3, 3, 4, 4, 5, 5, and 5, so her average score would be 3.5. And Okay, now the only potential I see the problem with this is that it's going to be very confusing. I think most people are not going to understand how they came to the, the, the averaging score. Like, you could try to explain it, but when you're talking about millions of people voting and trying to say, oh, a uh, majority of people uh, average this person as the best. It's going to be kind of like, most people are going to be confused about that. Uh, you know, Nick, what's up? What's happening? Maybe I do need to stream for longer. You know what I mean? I shoot, we're going on almost three hours. In this case, Bobby would win. Congratulations, Bobby. 
Your vote says so much more with score voting than just approval voting. It says that you not only approve of a candidate. It does fix the problem that I saw earlier with um, the rank voting. Uh, I, I believe that's what it was called. But Something you prefer like. one candidate over another and you prefer them by a quantitative amount. Studies have shown that voters would feel most satisfied with their votes if they can score each candidate. Score voting doesn't account for head-to-head matchups. Almost always when we vote, we are voting for one candidate compared to another candidate. Sure, most voters likely have clear scores in mind about candidates they hate and candidates they love, but it's much more difficult for them to come up with an independent score for everyone in between. Not only that, this method heavily depends on turnout for more accurate scores. What if turnout is extremely low and only extremists show up to the polls? But you'll probably rank ranked choice. It's very hard for a person to rank somebody on a sliding scale. And the reason I think it's hard for a person to rank somebody on a sliding scale, because there are a majority of different factors that weigh much heavily than other factors. Let's say I like a candidate because he speaks well and he's attractive. And let's say he has two policies that I really agree with. Two policies, which I personally think way more than other policies. But let's say there's another candidate who has 10 policies I agree with, but I just don't feel as strong about them as I do the other two policies that the other person had, right? It can that, That's why I say it can be very confusing for some people because most people have a hard time really ranking a candidate on a scale like that. You know, way too confusing for the average American. And, and, and I think that's, yeah, that, that would be the, the biggest issue with this one. This would be okay, but we don't have people who would put in the time to quantitatively rank people. Exactly. And most people aren't going to put that much effort into it until they get to the actual booth that day. And most people are going to be like, um, I think he's a seven. It, 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 but look, you get what you get. At the end of the day, you get what you get. But uh, I, don't, I don't necessarily think that it will lead to the best candidate getting it just because people have a hard time ranking things on the scale. Voting higher than approval or score voting. In a ranked choice voting system, sometimes called an instant runoff voting system, voters rank candidates by preference on their ballots. So if there are five candidates, you rank them one through five, with one being your favorite candidate and five being your least favorite candidate. After the ballots are counted, if a candidate wins a majority of first preference votes, they win the election. However, if no candidate wins a majority of first preference votes, there's automatically a recount. But the candidate with the fewest first preference votes is eliminated from that recount, and every voter who ranked that person first now has their second preference redistributed and added to the overall tally. If there is still no candidate who has won a majority of votes, the process repeats. The remaining candidate with the fewest votes is eliminated, and every person who voted for that person now has their second preference votes redistributed and added to the overall tally. This process keeps repeating until one candidate has a majority of votes. All right, now, I think that this one is probably the most legitimate one that I've seen so far. I do still think that will offer some level of confusion for people because um, most people just wouldn't understand really how it worked. But for the most part, I think it makes the most sense. Uh, the issue that I might have with this system, and it's really not a big one. The, the only issue that I really think hits hard on this one is the fact that a lot of people don't like going back and forth to the uh, poll. Imagine having to vote four times just to get a president. Most people wouldn't be, you know, for that. You know what I mean? Like, you know, and people already argue on how hard it is in certain places to actually vote. You know what I mean? Uh, and, I, and that happened with the runoffs on, on the Senate race when you eliminate the person at the that ran who didn't get it and then you have the two candidates. A lot of people don't go back to vote the second time. You get a lot of fives and zero, a little nuance in between, probably. Plus, there's no way to really control how different demographics weight their answers. Yep. 
Uh, so they're just going to keep telling everyone to keep coming back to the polls. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> you know, it was a song called Bring Your Booty to the Poll. <laughs> Bobby wins again. Why ranked choice voting is awesome. Ranked choice voting does a better job than both approval and score voting at determining which candidates actually has the strongest support because it forces the voter to compare candidates. It also makes elections more secure compared to approval voting and isn't warped by low turnout like score voting can be. Ranked choice voting is more complicated than both approval and score voting. Similar to score voting, most voters may struggle with ranking candidates and may even become overwhelmed by it. Not only that, theoretically, the person with the most votes could end up losing the election. Also, in almost all cases, it would be more expensive for the election offices to implement, at least in the beginning. And finally, it would take a bit longer to find out the results of the election. In my opinion, though, the real star is star voting. All right, we're going to see what the star voting is about. Ah. <laughs> uh. So um, David said, I've been a proponent of ranked choice. We'll see what else they show to see if anything can actually look better. Yeah, so far, I think ranked choice voting is the best option. I don't know what star voting is, so we'll see. Good seeing you, man. Have a good one. Thank you, Scott. But think about what I said. I, uh, you know, I really want you to think about what I said. We can talk about it later, whether on the phone or on here. Uh, I'm going to start opening up uh, Discord for people on Discord to jump in and chat with me about conversations. So we, I'm going to work on that. Star voting is kind of a combination of score voting and ranked choice voting. Star stands for score, then automatic runoff. You would vote in a similar way you would vote for score voting. So you'd rate the candidates on a numerical scale, typically between zero and five, with five representing best and zero representing worst. However, what makes star voting different than score voting is how the votes are counted. There are two rounds of counting the votes. In the first round, or scoring round, all the scores for each candidate are added up and averaged. The two candidates with the highest scores are selected as finalists for the second round. In the second round, or automatic runoff round, the finalists face off on every single battle. Ballots. Whoever of the two have a higher score on each ballot. It's even more complicated. Uh, I, I'm going to say even more complicated, but boy, I, I just don't. I, I, he lost me from the from the get go. Gets a vote if both of the two are tied. So far, ranked choice voting seems to me the, the the simplest, but it does require more. Like if you keep having runoffs, it, it, it requires more out of people. Neither of the two gets a vote at the end of the second round. Whichever finalist has the most ballots with a higher score than the other finalist wins. Well, Bobby wins again. Hey, what does that say about approval voting? Hmm? Star voting takes the best of all worlds. You get to score candidates, and they are compared in a second round. The Center for Election Science even has found it's the most accurate voting method. Unlike with ranked choice voting, voters can give multiple candidates the same score. Star voting's biggest problem is not that it sucks, it's that people just don't know about it. It's the least familiar of these four voting reforms, <laughs> having not even been tried in the real world yet. Similar to ranked choice voting, it's more complicated than approval and score voting yeah. and would be. That's what I was saying. It's just, it seems a little more complicated. And trying to explain that to people, I just know you're going to lose so many different people more expensive for election offices to implement. It's important to point out that all four of these non-plurality voting methods are way better than plurality voting. They promote consensus and coalitions. They fight political polarization and would make the country less politically divided. They make it so that our voices are more accurately heard. They all promote honesty over strategy. You're not voting against... Well, you know what? I would argue, you know what would probably be better? You know how when companies get too big and we do what? We, uh, we, we decide, okay, this company has gotten too big. We need to break it up. Why can't just do that with our political parties? Let's split the Democrat Party and the Republican Party into three or four different camps. Like, let's split them into three or four different parties. Like, let's split them uh, at least into like uh, two or three more parties. 
within each of them. Let's have six parties. If we can't get groups to compete against the Democrats and the Republicans, let's just split them up. How about that? I mean, I don't know who else is. It may be a problem with that. I, I don't know. But it will have to cause them to build coalition or whatever. Somebody may have thought of this and might be some flaw. I'm just throwing this out randomly, but I'm going to think more about it. Against, you're voting for, without fear of wasting your votes, all four make gerrymandering oh, more difficult. Really. They'll encourage outsiders to run for office. They make voting more about issues and policies, not personalities, but which voting... Yeah, I think the issue is like getting it started. That would be the most chaotic. I think once you implement it and people are like, educated on it and learn how to get with it be easier but boy given the controversy right now and the like the polarization in our country changing votes right now like the way we vote oh my goodness we already like talk about people are talking about election fraud and all this stuff thanks for watching if you enjoyed the video subscribe for more if you would like to get access to exclusive content consider becoming a member or a patron at patreon.com slash the hobby lobby you can also continue the conversation by joining the Hobby Lobby Discord. You can find all the links in the description below.